Welcome to the Sparks Podcast, your go-to source for all things holistic wellness. This show is all about igniting your inner spark and helping you shine your brightest. Each episode is packed with tips, tools, and inspiration to help you create positive change in your life. I believe that when you spark your inner fire, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. So get ready to ignite your passion and create a life that's full of joy, vitality, and purpose. This is the Sparks Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Sparks Podcast. I am very excited for today's episode. I had a fantastic conversation with Chantal Matos. Chantal is a holistic trauma and abuse recovery coach, founder of Chantal Matos Consulting LLC, and survivor of trauma and CPTSD warrior. Chantal helps her clients reconnect and heal their mind, body, and spirit so they can live their most fulfilling lives. I can't wait for you to hear from Chantel. She just has really fantastic wisdom, and regardless of if you're an abuse survivor, um, this podcast has a lot of good nuggets of information that you can take back to start living your own truest and most fulfilled life. So let's go ahead and meet Chantel. Hi, Chantel. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive into more conversation, I want to give a disclaimer for the listeners that I know my kitten is going to be a pain today. She is rolling on the floor next to me. So apologies in advance. If you hear noises, that's who it is. (laughs) Uh, But Chantel, I'm very excited to have you here and to chat all about your lovely work that you do, the important work that you do. So I'd love to start by giving you a moment to just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Awesome. So uh, my name is Chantel Matos. I am a holistic trauma and abuse recovery coach. So um, my coaching looks at um, reconnecting the mind, body, spirit, um, and healing all three components for survivors of trauma and abuse. Um, I'm obviously a trauma and abuse survivor myself and, you know, working through complex PTSD. So I have a wealth of knowledge, not just firsthand, but researched um, on the different intricacies that go along with the healing and recovering process. Um, yeah, I'm former high school special ed science teacher. And so a lot of the children that I've worked with in the past have also been um, survivors of some pretty significant trauma and abuse themselves. So I've worked with people from, you know, a variety of age ranges, anywhere from like 13 and 14 through middle-aged women. Yeah. What got you into this line of work? I feel, or I'm curious, because I know you've had your own experiences, but what was kind of the, how did you transition into wanting to, to help other people to get through this as well? So it's kind of crazy because when um, I really got deep into my healing work, because, you know, I was, I was the typical survivor who, um, you know, I would try therapy. I, I went to a therapist. I just like really didn't connect with, she was more of an enabler than, you know, really providing me with any tools. And um, so I just continued to um, have traumatic 
and abusive experiences because once you kind of have um, those experiences, you're at a much higher risk because of this. You have very poor boundaries. The people you allow into your life are just, you know, you're looking to fill a void. And it wasn't until I met a therapist that really um, she had such a huge impact on me. And in tandem, while I was working with her, I was also going through some of the spiritual and body work at the same time that I started to just really see this huge transformation in myself and how I uh, interrelated and and communicated with others. Mm -hmm. And she really inspired me to want to pursue helping others because it was just such a, a dramatic shift in my life. And so I was looking at different avenues that I could explore that. Um, I was, you know, obviously as I was a teacher, I already had a master's. I had started my doctorate and I was like, so should I kind of switch gears and maybe go the therapy route? I just really wasn't sure um, 100% how I could help others in the way that I wanted to. And then um, I had just a random advertisement. Um on my computer the one day for um, a life coaching course mm. and it was for the the whole package the master certification and I decided you know what this is this is a sign that this is the way that I can do this and right about that same time I had another really significant traumatic experience happen in my life and by kind of um utilizing the tools that I had already built and not having to go back to ground zero, I realized like how far I'd come and how much I had to offer to others. Because I was originally even thinking about looking at like the divorce coach, co-parenting coach route, but that really, really helped me focus in on specifically narcissistic abuse, sexual abuse, um, and complex traumas. Yeah. It's interesting that you said a random advertisement feels entirely unrandom, right? <laughs> Perfect time in your life. <laughs> For well, some- and the funny thing is, was I, so I've been doing educational consulting. I've been an international conference presenter in the education realm, right? So I had planned on transitioning out of the classroom and into just educational presenting and consulting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what made me go back this past school year because I had no intentions of going back. And I had a terrible first semester. I had, when I say an emotionally abusive two students in one class, like that does not even begin to cover what every single day was like demeaning and just, um, and my, my administration wasn't allowing me to have any boundaries. They were rewarding the kid instead of, you know, doing anything to stop it. And so it was really crazy because it was right before Christmas break that I got that. And it was like, so yeah, it was random, but really it was just that, that final, like kind of sign that no, this, you should not, it, like you were on a different path and you should have stayed on that path out of here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like you found the path you're supposed to be on, but I want to talk about um, boundaries because you've mentioned that a few times now, and it sounds like that's something really important for someone going through a toxic or abusive relationship. 
Um, so could you talk a little bit about boundaries, um, why they're important for, for situations like this, and maybe some first steps people can take with setting them? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm actually um, doing free masterclasses on boundary setting because really it is the hallmark of um, protecting yourself against abusers, people who are going to traumatize you. So no matter how much healing work you do, if you don't protect yourself, if you do not set really strong boundaries and stick to them, you're always going to end up in the same place you were before. So um, I feel super passionate about helping people establish those boundaries through somatic work. So a lot of times when we talk about boundaries, we look at it from just kind of like the mental aspect and what we're comfortable with, what we're not comfortable with. But what I use is um, somatic breath work to kind of bring people back into their body and recognize how their body responds to both having their boundaries respected and how it feels when their boundaries aren't respected. So that when they're kind of coming up with what they're okay with, they focus on how it feels inside of them rather than kind of that uh, dissonance in like between their head and their heart, you know? Yeah. So if you're living kind of in your mind, is it really easy to not even recognize the need for these boundaries or that there's a problem even, or, you know, what is kind of without that somatic experience, what is that experience? that experience of living through that like so for the longest time especially like if you've been traumatized or abused specifically for people who have experienced narcissistic abuse right they're told that they're too emotional they're overthinking things and they start to question their own perception of reality right? So it becomes this head game that you have to constantly fight. Am I really, am I blowing this out of proportion? Is this really as bad as I think it is? And then you become more malleable to people who are like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal. Or they will do microaggressions where they'll do small little baby steps over what you say you're comfortable with until they've taken you so far outside of your comfort zone that that anxiety kicks in but you've convinced yourself that you're overreacting. So when you start paying attention to the signs that your body is giving you, because your body goes into fight or flight mode, your body starts doing all of the responses as if you were in another, you know, situation where you had to protect yourself. And, and, and you know, it's kind of like that almost, it, it's bringing you back to the caveman time, right? Or you're getting chased by something that wants to eat you. Your body goes into that stress mode because of that need for protection. You're out of your safe zone. You are, but you're not realizing cognitively because you're being tricked into thinking you're overreacting. So when you start paying attention to your body more than paying attention to the conversation you're having in your head, you really truly start to recognize what you are okay with and what you're not to really kind of define those boundaries a lot more concrete. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about the micro steps that it can just kind of slowly push you to a point where you didn't even know you could get there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm wondering, especially with the narcissistic abuse, aside from some of this body work and um, noticing those micro steps, are there other signs that people should be looking for, whether it's um, in your own relationships or if you see somebody um, in your life going through this that kind of can trick or trigger people to understand what's going on? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, some of the the hallmark signs, some of the more classic signs are when you start to notice the people who were closest in your life and the people that truly respect your boundaries and care for you as a person who you are. When you start seeing that they're pulling away from you because they're concerned and they're not okay with what's going on around you in your relationship in you know they're starting to see you react in ways that are not in line with who they know you to be so a lot of times when you see like the red flags green flags right one of the things that they focus on is the person you're with maybe not wanting you to go out with your friends anymore or not wanting you to talk to this person as much and they like a lot of them focus on what the person you're in a relationship is doing. But what they forget is that there's so many other glaring signs coming from the outside looking in because we can't see this. Like when we've decided that, you know, we're in love with somebody, we can't really see, oh, they just want to spend more time with me. You know, there's all kinds of excuses for why they have that behavior. But when people outside of that are acting in ways that you haven't had that experience with them before. You know, they're they're upset with you for how you're responding to them. They're feeling neglected because you're not giving them any time anymore. Or even more so, I know this was in my case, my family was like, we don't even recognize you anymore. Like, this is not who you are, you know? And it got to the point, like I know in my case, where my family, for the most part, had to disassociate with me for a while. I am so grateful that I was able to repair that relationship. But for a long time, there was that strain there, and they had to completely remove themselves from my life because they couldn't handle the toxicity in seeing who I was becoming and what was being done to me. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't listen. Yeah. Yeah. If you are that person that's experiencing both the, the abuse and kind of this dissociation from your support system, how do you get through that? What suggestions would you have for people? So the biggest thing is remembering that you are not alone. If people dissociate from you because of what you're going through, this is where, see, and so many people, you know, will say, well, why didn't you just leave? Yeah. But by the time that you recognize that there's a problem, you feel like you have nowhere to go, right? All of the people that you would have relied on before have written you off. They don't, you know, they don't want to, I guess, listen to your sob story anymore because they've heard it. They're done, you know? And so you feel very alone. You feel very trapped. You don't feel like you have anywhere to go and you're ashamed. And that's the, that's the part that I think is so easily overlooked is that 
even if I had the means, right, to get out of the situation, um, to move somewhere else, to establish a life somewhere else outside of that. I'm living with this shame that now, you know, those, those rose-colored glasses are off and I'm recognizing how I've hurt people how I've hurt myself and really the damage I've done in so many different areas of my life. And I think anybody who has ever experienced like really deep shame for their actions or their behaviors will tell you, like you kind of just want to hide away. You don't really want to go and have to rely on people that you know you've hurt. So if you're in that situation, know you're not alone and know that when people truly love you and people care about you and, and see that you've been hurt, when your eyes are open and you're ready to make that change and you're ready to go through the healing process, they will still be there for you. You know, and and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to suck up that shame and you're gonna have to make a lot of apologies, but they will be there for you in the end. You're not actually alone. Yeah, I think that's really important. It can feel very easy to to sink into that aloneness. But mm-hmm. so on the other hand, with the the real the support system, those relationships that you have, what would you suggest to them on the outside looking in to one of these narcissistic relationships? <laughs> How can they be supportive and and be there and kind of understand what the experience is like? So I don't really think that they can fully appreciate the experience until you've been through it. It it really is something that until you've been in that kind of environment, um, it's hard to wrap your head around. It's something that's so hard because, let me put it this way. Okay. So most of the time when somebody gets in a, in a relationship and, and it becomes an abusive relationship, right? Um, they start to, again, because it's like slowly over time, okay, um, they start to accept things that they would normally not have accepted, right? So when you're talking about somebody who's never experienced that, and they can't really understand, like, wait a minute, they did that? Why would you have stayed? Why were you okay with this? And what they don't realize is at that point, you've already been broken down to feel like you're the problem, right? to feel like you're overreacting to things. And it isn't until you're telling your story later and people are at this look on their face like, oh my God, you went through that, that you truly understand the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. So I think when someone wants to be there for a friend, a relative that is trying to get out of an abusive relationship, They have to go into it completely understanding that there can be zero judgment Mm -hmm. and that, you know, really um, they have to allow that person to come to them when they're ready. If you try and push, they're going to shut down completely. But if you're open and you're just an ear without trying to tell them what to do, without really, you know, you know, making them feel even more shame for their actions, at some point, it's all going to come out and they're going to be able to feel safe and secure again and open up. But it's a process. It takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like um, being okay with 
not understanding or not getting it. Definitely. Well, let's talk about kind of the work that you do with people going through these experiences. So you said earlier that it's reconnecting the mind, body, and spirit. What does that mean? How does that work? Okay. So I have a 12 week program that, um, what we do is the first part of the program is we really kind of identify that inner child, that inner voice, what's going on there. How are you actually perceiving yourself? Right? So you get to know yourself on a much more intimate level. While you're doing that, a lot of feelings are going to start coming up and a lot of those triggers are going to be activated. So as you're working through those triggers, we do what's called a vagus nerve reset. So you have this nerve that comes down, connects at your diaphragm. Sorry, I know we can't see, but I'm I'm kind of diagramming the route here. Um, But it controls kind of your heart rate, your breathing. Um, So when you get that really rapid heart rate going and you get the, you know, you feel some things on your chest. We want to do a reset for that while we're reprogramming the story in your head. And by doing that, your body is, is going to not be as trigger happy. It's going to settle down a little bit quicker because people who've been through trauma, every time you experience a trauma, your reaction, it happens, your body reaction happens substantially quicker than someone who hasn't been through it and it takes a lot longer to come back down so we work on calming the triggers we work on calming the breathing the um the heart rate all of that while we're reprogramming the picture that's going on your head at the same time we also look at the gut biome and we do a lot of work with nutrition and exercising yoga your gut biome is essentially in charge of like 90% of what's happening in your body, right? It's in charge of your immunity, but even more so it's in charge of your mental health. It's regulating all of the dopamine and serotonin and everything that's going back up into your head. So if you have an unhealthy gut biome, which you probably do if you've been through trauma, you're more susceptible to anxiety and depression. So we work through eating to restore your gut biome and exercising to burn off like all of those extra chemicals that are running through your body to regulate everything. So I talk about the mind-body connection. We're doing all of this in tandem. So as you're resetting one thing, you're also resetting the picture that goes along with it, the story that goes along with it. Yeah, that's very, it's very holistic and very important. And it's kind of interesting to me as I go through, I'm going through a nutrition program right now. And it's interesting that it seems kind of regardless of what your trauma is or your personal issue is, or what you need to overcome, the answer is always in this mind body connection. Like, no, it's crazy, right? Like, gosh, can't there be another option? (laughs) I know, I know. But if you look at like, okay, American society is awful with this because our diet is already destroying our gut biome. Like sugar, sugar is just going to destroy everything pretty much is what it boils down to. But 
then like you already have this imbalance of, you know, like bacteria in your stomach, you're feeding it exactly what it needs to continue growing and becoming even more unbalanced. It just perpetuates the cycle, right? Yep. So there is a bigger focus now because, I mean, there's a lot of push now for a healthier, cleaner diet. But what people don't realize is that's not just benefiting, you know, the anti-aging properties of feeling good and being lean, but it's also like hugely tied to your mental health. Right. Absolutely. And just general well-being for sure. I think in my class today, it said 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut and Mm -hmm. just wild. So it's very important, very important work. And where do you start people? It's starting with getting to know yourself. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the program's broken down into three sections. So that first part is really just kind of getting to know where you're at right now and reprogram that story, reparent, um, and try and reset the body so that it's at a more neutral state. It's probably not going to be perfect because as you're going through all of it, there's so many triggers, right? And and you really start feeling a lot of things you might've repressed, but the goal is to have a more neutral state and less, you know, less of a kind of like, I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for here, but less of a spectrum. So you're not going on extremes, you're staying more towards the baseline. Then we transition into the second part of the program, where you start designing the life that you truly want. So for so many people who have been through trauma, who've been through abuse, They've been in controlling environments where you almost come out of it and you don't even know who you are anymore. You don't know what you like because you've been trying to appease someone else for so long. Right. So you really reconnect with who you are, establish your values and kind of make a, a roadmap for the life that you truly want. And after we do that, we go into the boundary setting. So now we've got this life. We've got this plan. How are we going to protect it? So that let the second stage ends with that um, really building the foundation for your boundaries. And then from there, we transition to effective communication. It doesn't do you any good to have boundaries when you can't communicate them to others, right? So I'm really effective, assertive, called nonviolent communication. And then the last portion is planning for those triggers because trauma recovery is a lifelong process. This is not something that we're going to have 12 weeks and you're healed. Yay. Right. You are going to continue to have uh, flare offs the rest of for the majority of your life. And the whole point of it is to keep them less severe. Right. So what happens is, is every time you have a major transitional period in your life, whether it's, you know, you're getting married, you're buying a new house, you're um, moving somewhere new. There's insecurity that comes with it. And that insecurity takes you out of your comfort zone and your body's like, oh, I know what to do here. We're going to go crazy. We're going to completely like derail. So you end up having a flare up where a lot of the panic attacks come back. A lot of the anxiety comes back. And so in the last part of the program, what we do is because we've created this roadmap of the life you want, we plan for those flare-ups. So you know 
you know, my son's graduating high school. He's been through a lot. He's starting to feel a lot of that. Okay, we know this is going to be a time of flare-up. So what are we going to do? We're going to go back to our toolbox. We're going to make sure we're getting plenty of exercise, plenty of sleep. We're going to be eating a certain way. And any other tools, because some tools work for some people, some don't, you know. So whatever tools have worked for you, we're going to default to that. And then if they're not working, we're going to tweak it and try some of these other tools. And so we make a game plan for whatever flare-ups we're anticipating so that it's something they could go back and reference and they have their arsenal of tools as they transition out of the program and move forward with their life. I just want to say that I think your program just sounds so fantastic and so all-encompassing. And it's, I think, really important to start with understanding where you are, because I say in my own coaching that how can you know where you want to go if you don't know where you are right now? Um, So Mm -hmm. and even moving through to the end, setting you up for success, it's, this is a 12-week program, but really it's a lifelong, you know, setup for, for healing yourself and continuing to heal yourself. So I think it's really beautiful work that you do. And thank you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. And that's my goal. I mean, I would love, love, love for any of my clients to decide to continue working with me. I have a a dating after recovery program. So once you decide to put yourself back out there, let's do it in a way that's not going to set you up for failure. Right. Um, But the, the truth is, is that, you know, you don't want to have to spend your entire life codependent on somebody. That's the whole point of getting out of these abusive relationships is to break that codependence. So my goal with the program is, yes, it's 12 weeks, but it's those first 12 weeks to set you off with a lifetime of supplies, a big old toolkit, you know, to take with you. And if somebody needs, you know, a refresher, if they need a little bit of extra support during those times, or if their toolbox like something's not right here, things are not working anymore. And yeah, I would love to work with them again. But I, I just I, I think there's something so important about people who have been through so many horrible experiences to getting that independence in their life back and really not needing to rely on somebody to make that a fulfilling, happy life. Yeah, I love that and wish that for everyone going through this mm-hmm. or everyone completely yes. <laughs> well, I'm transition into the questions I ask everyone on the podcast. <laughs> First, I want to ask, what are you consuming right now? As far as books, music, TV, kind of the things that you're bringing into your life. Oh my gosh. Um, a lot of stuff. Um, I just finished, um, get rich, lucky bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas which if you haven't heard of her, oh my God, she is like the money mindset guru. She's really been um, a very powerful influence. So that book was um, amazing. And I am reading um, a marketing book by Sabri Suba. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, podcasts. Um, I am a huge true crime junkie. So I will... I oscillate between like Dr. Romney and Med Circle and Morbid, the Morbid podcast. I love Morbid. Love them. Yes. 
Um, and then, you know, we have our, we have our checkout shows every now and then. Um, my husband and I just finished, um, called 28 days it was these paranormal hunters that were in these haunted locations for 28 days that was yikes wild yeah <laughs> and it's so funny i was huh? gonna y'all need these uh these moments to take our brain away from the the work and <laughs> well and it's funny because he'll ask me he's like do you want to see something are we gonna watch the train wreck tonight or are we gonna watch something a little bit different and the train wreck is we will watch um, Love is Blind. Or no. Yeah, Love is Blind. <laughs> so funny because both of us being survivors of narcissistic abuse and, you know, significant trauma, we will sit there and watch that show and like, oh, wow, they really needed to work through some stuff before they came out here because you start to see all of those mistakes that you were making before right. you went through recovery. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I uh, was just following along all the stuff on Twitter and everything about the big live special that like totally didn't happen or something. <laughs> yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. We're on season oh, okay. three. So, but I know he was all excited. Like, did you see that? There's going to be a live, there's going to be a live. <laughs> and then we've had some stuff uh, come up. So we have four kids. Um, and five pets. So things are a little chaotic. So we haven't exactly gotten to that because softball, baseball, and volleyball season all just started. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great suggestions. I have Get Rich Lucky Bitch on my list. So I'll have to definitely check that one out for sure. Um, my second question is, so my business is called Discovering Sparks and I named it because like four or five years ago, um, when I was going through a really difficult period in my life, I was walking outside and I saw a yellow daffodil and I remembered like the smallest things like a yellow daffodil could give me a spark and remind me that I could keep getting more of those and discover them and collect them and have a joyful life. So I love to ask my guests what your sparks are. Um, so I, uh, absolutely love animals um as you could see by you know the endless stream of them walking by the camera um and it's so crazy but like a funny goat video a funny cat video I am obsessed with alpacas and raccoons like <laughs> it will change my entire day just to see you know a funny animal video or a sweet you know puppy that is is finding its voice stuff like that so that's really if it's not something my children have done to make me laugh or just really make me kind of like oh wow you're amazing right it's usually something animal related oh I love that I love a cat compilation video with mm -hmm. <laughs> just crazy stuff but <laughs> that's great um my third question is typically um can you give a quick like sentence long pep talk to someone who's really struggling. And I think in, in the case of talking with you, it could be a pep talk for somebody struggling to get out of one of these relationships or to recover after getting out of one of these relationships. Um, what would you say? The book doesn't end with the last chapter. Mm. You're not defined by your last chapter. 
So make the make the ending of the story the one you want. Don't worry about what came before it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there can always be a sequel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, it, trilogies are all the thing now, right? Like every movie now is a trilogy. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This has really been a really lovely conversation. And I feel like there's so many nuggets of amazing wisdom people can take from this. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have had you here. And I would love to give you the chance to share with the listeners where they can find you um, and how they can work with you, especially. Oh, definitely. I'm pretty much all over Instagram, um, Facebook. I just started a little bit with TikTok, um, navigating that. Um, so it's Chantal Matos Consulting on everything. So my Instagram, I have a Facebook with it. And then my website's also ChantalMatosConsulting.com. Um, and they can schedule a call with me on there. I would love to meet anybody who's interested. Um, they can schedule a call. We could sit down and see if my program's the right fit, if I'm the right fit for where they're at. Um, I do try to host um, these boundary setting workshops um, once a month. So definitely keep an eye out on Instagram for those for the sign up on that. Um, yeah, and just really, I mean, reach out to me in any way, shape or form, you know, on my website or DM me and I'd be happy to talk about how to get you started in my program. So I do, it's, it is a group program because one of the most important aspects of your recovery is going into a conversation, going into a new situation with confidence. So we do it as a group program so that we could practice and by the time you get out into the world, real world communicating your boundaries, you've practiced it a thousand times. So um, we have a new a new cohort starting April 24th, and then there will be um, a later May start date um, for people who are looking into maybe getting started in a program. That's perfect. And I love that it's a group too, because even beyond practicing, now you have a community of of support and a group that gets it. So. I will link in the show notes to all of the ways that you can find Chantel and join you um, in your program. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your infinite wisdom. Uh, I'm very grateful to have been able to take time to have this conversation with you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you so much to Chantel for being a part of the podcast. And if you loved this episode, please go ahead and subscribe as well as rate and review the podcast and head over to Instagram and tag me at discovering sparks and share your most favorite moments in the episode. And don't forget to share with your friends as well. Thank you so much for being here and stay tuned for next week.